0: Perspectives: A series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women who are leading busy and and successful, and interesting, and hopefully joyful lives. And my hope is that by listening to these amazing women's story, you'll feel inspired, and we'll have some fun along the way. So, having fun, let's uh, l- let's talk to my first guest, Chitra Andan. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, and and you've come far. You came all the way from Toronto. I did, but technically we're just neighbors, right? It's about an hour flight. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> technically, we're just neighbors. We're neighbors. So let's start because you just wrote a book. I did, indeed. And it's getting a lot of attention. It
1: is indeed, and it's very exciting. So my book is called The Greenhouse Approach. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's really uh, based on a lot of my, I do some doctoral research um, um, on entrepreneurship, but then I've spent about 25 years in the tech space, so I kind of married these two ideas. And I've been really enamored with the idea around, you know, what if organizations can emulate a greenhouse so that they can flourish. Um, You know, big companies are having a a lot of problems with innovation, attracting talent, sustaining themselves, they're being disrupted by, you know, the startup community, globalization, new entrance entrance to market. Um, And so part of my contribution and what I really wanted to talk about in the book is around, you know, if that is the problem, then how can we you know, with the right ingredients, with the right mindset, with the right sort of talent, have these organizations emulate a greenhouse so they can truly flourish from within.
0: So what exactly is an entrepreneur?
1: So an entrepreneur is basically an entrepreneur inside a large complex organization. So it's somebody who, you know, behaves like an entrepreneur, who wants to challenge status quo, um, who has creative ideas uh, and sort of uh, new ways of approaching business from within large organizations.
0: What if somebody is that and they need a little help getting notice? Do you have any tips for that?
1: Of course. So, you know, through my research and even writing the book, um, you know, I believe that most organizations probably have entrepreneurs inside their organizations or within their teams and they don't necessarily know it yet. So um, the approach that I've taken essentially is being able to part one recognize who these people are and then really set them up for success from within. So you know it's um, a much more um, sort of methodological approach, if you will, on how to, you know, if you have an idea or if you're an entrepreneur, or if you read the book and can say I, I, that resonates with me, how do I, how do I really start to, um, um, you know, unleash my ideas from within? Um, we really need the organization To be behind and support the talent. So Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of my most, uh, my biggest takeaways from you know everything that I've written and researched over the past uh, ten years, is that um, talent can only survive if the environments are set up to support them. It's kind of like I like to use the analogy of um, a flower. You know, a flower will flourish. You know, if it's fed water and in sunshine, but mm-hmm. that same fla- flower will die and sort of wither away if the environment is not conducive to it. And so the same thing happens for talent.
0: So let me ask you a question. Mm. So you left or you took a break from a very successful career in corporate communications yes. to write your book and, and also get a PhD, by no way. <laughs> <laughs> You don't waste any time. <gasps> what? I mean, in some ways that feels kind of scary or or risky to step out of a career into doing something new, especially if you're considering going back, but maybe in a different way. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who wants to do the same thing, but maybe has some trepidation? trepidation?
1: So I would say a couple of things. Number one, I think it's very important for people to take a pause. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wherever they are in life or in their career. Because when you pause, you reflect. And when you reflect, you look at some of the things that you, you, know, that you want to change, the, the, some of the things that you like. And that reflection can be very, very meaningful in many different ways. Um, so I think that everybody should do that um, in their career. And that way, and you know, I have to say that I've probably reinvented myself twice in my career. And I think that power of reinvention, when you go back um, in a different capacity, is very powerful. Secondly, I would say that if you're going to take a pause, you have to be very deliberate about it, and so have other things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's teach, whether it's lecture, whether it's consult, whether it's writing, but to have something else that can fill your soul um, while you're taking the pause so that you're not completely abandoned or alienated. So when I took my pause, I knew that I had several other things that I was working for, uh, working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a huge, massive transition for me. It was a very natural, organic transition that I did, but I did it with a lot of deliberation. And at the same
0: time, you're getting your PhD.
1: Yes. So it was sort of the perfect storm um, you know, uh, six years ago, when I joined Microsoft, I was I got ex- uh, they, I was headhunted for this role. I was uh, pregnant with my first child, and I got accepted into this PhD program. It's a part-time program in the UK. Um, and over the course of six years, um, you know, the part-time program allows you to do it gradually. But I knew after five years that if I continued to work um, full-time, that the PhD would have taken me, would take me 15 years to complete. <laughs> So was that even an option? Yeah, I mean, so it was, you know, let's just take a pause, get it done. <clears throat> and then go back and do what you need to do. And so during that journey, um, I had a publisher approach me. Usually what happens is you write the PhD and then, a, and then the book comes after. But I, because of my topic is very timely and it's very needed and it's getting a lot of attention right now on this whole idea of sustainability from within and entrepreneurship from within, I had a publisher say, can you write this book in six months? So I basically, you know, I had all the material, if you will, but it was just a matter of putting pen to paper and massaging it away in a way that was very interesting.
0: While you were having a child and then having another one, you have two young boys. I do. I do. So let's talk about that a little bit because you, so I, and I don't suggest anyone do this, but got married, Mm -hmm. had kids immediately, Mm -hmm. and spent my whole career trying to raise kids, have a big career, be everywhere at once, sort of be all over the place.
1: Yeah. You kind of took a different path I did I well I didn't get married till later in life so 38 and and I didn't have my first baby till 39 and my second one at 41 Um, I don't think that there's a right way or a wrong way for any woman to do that and I think true True. you know everybody has their own journey and for me uh, I simply didn't meet the right person until later in life Um, and when I met someone, I mean, and I was almost, you know, um, okay with the fact of not getting married and, you know, if I don't meet the right person, that's okay too. I'll fill my life in different ways that are meaningful and purposeful. And if I want a baby, you know, I can adopt a baby, um, if I want to have that in my Mm -hmm. life. So I kind of, uh, came to peace with, um, that part of my life. And then very naturally and organically, I met my husband And so it kind of took a very different turn for me Um, a bit later, but I was okay with that. Um, Yeah. But
0: there is no right or wrong that, and what you say is true. Everybody has completely their own path. But I do think that when you're a little more settled, Mm -hmm. you can do things a little bit more mindfully.
1: Well, it's been interesting because I never imagined that it would be this challenging to have a career and a family. It is the hardest thing for women. Yeah. Period. Hands down. Period. Um, so, you know, I find it very interesting, and I and I write about it quite a bit. I write about it. I have an article in the Globe and Mail, which is Canada's uh, leading business paper. But it's... Um, for me, you know, all of the things that we hear about guilt and, you know, I don't think that, I mean, it's hard to have a big career and a family Yeah. because, you know, this there's this whole dialogue right now about women in in, strong, in high-powered positions and leadership positions and why, why is there a gap? Well, there's a gap because there's a huge time commitment. So if you want to be a CEO, you can be a CEO, but you're never going to be home. So there's that trade-off. And I think that women have a harder time with that trade-off. You know, for me... I want to be around for my children. My children are very young, um, and I want to be a present parent. Um, so therefore, you know, you know, ha- you know, being a CEO right now, you know, or being a CEO five years ago wouldn't have made sense for me because right. I just was having babies. Maybe now that would make more sense with me, m- make more sense for me because they're in school. So it's really about timing. It's really about, you know, the how you want to curate your life if you will you know any of these big CEOs if you see the CEO at Microsoft or the CEO at Apple or any CEO their you know their life is a lot of travel time commitment and you know we don't see a lot of balance in terms of work and life and you know that's just a reality and so we have to have an honest conversation about that Um, when we talk about women in these leadership roles. And
0: there's really no right or wrong. No. As you were saying before, it's different for every person. A hundred
1: percent. A hundred percent. However it works. Absolutely.
0: And it changes throughout. I, I think the other thing now for me, having older kids, mm-hmm. you know, I. I'm here, traveled on business from my home, yep. but my kids don't live with me anymore, right. they're older. Yes. But both of them called, my daughter from London where she's yeah. studying, My son, both of them called me this morning for different things about organizing their lives, yes. and then I came here. And I think it's, it's funny, really, because, you know, as your kids grow, they Mm -hmm. need you just as much. They just need you in a different different way. And you figure out at different times what makes the most sense for you. Is there anything that you do though now with your kids to sort of, I don't know, make time or find ways to achieve
1: your sense of balance with them? Well, I mean, for me uh, personally, I really believe in self-care for yourself. So that's a priority, and everybody knows about it in my house, whether it's yoga, going for a run, um, whatever that is, it's a, it's a part of my life. So um, as much as I want to be there for my children, they also understand that, you know, mom has to work or, you know, that I have to travel. I'm here in, in New York, I'm in, um, you know, I'm in, uh, in the Caribbean and, and, and next week. Um, so. They understand what it is that I do, mm-hmm. how I do it. They understand that I'm an author. They understand that I'm, you know, constantly talking to people. They know that I'm a keynote speaker. They know that I work in technology, so they understand. And I bring them on the journey with me, um, and so it's important to have that open dialogue with them as well. Um, and they also have to understand limitations as well. You know, so you know, if I'm not there for certain times, they have to understand why I'm not there. But we're very, very active present. Uh, parents and we're Mm -hmm. very involved parents and that's just something that's important to me. Um, It's important for the family. Um, My husband and I have to be well connected as well, um, mentally, spiritually, uh, on many different ways because it it contributes to the health of the family. That's very well said.
0: (laughs) So just to add to that my last question, is there one piece of advice that has helped guide you through your life and your career
1: that you can share with us? One piece of advice. Um, I would say uh, a piece of advice that's come from my family. So I come from a very traditional um, Indian family. My parents are from India. Um, It's very simple. And it's that, you know, if you work hard, um, you know, you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And the limitations that we put on ourselves are simply those. Um, so whether it's you know whatever school you want to go to into whatever occupation you want to or dream that you want to achieve you know we tend to put the limitations on ourselves because we are products of our own social constructs so if you have a dream or if you have a desire or if you have a passion it can or if you want to write a book which I never thought was achievable it can be achieved if you are disciplined and if you work extremely hard. That's terrific advice. Thank
0: you so much for talking with us. Thank you for having me. And thank you.